sinners repent. We are here today to talk about zealots. I thought we were here to talk about the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> I've got my playlist already. <laughs> no? All right, maybe that's next week. Welcome. <laughs> this is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf, and we're from madwolf.com. And yeah, we were looking into the, uh, the horror movies that have to do with zealots, and there are some goodies we're going to talk about. There are, and, and uh, you know, you can find tons and tons and tons of, of really great and also really bad horror movies about, like, satanic cults. But what's interesting, and we're not really going to cover those today because we're, it's, it's more interesting to me how, especially in the last few years, they've sprung up sort of a terror of, of organized religion. Oh, yeah. Um, cults and not cults. And, and, uh, and, and so that's mostly what the countdown is about today. Although there are some great, actually even recent ones about um, Starry Eyes. If you haven't seen that one, that's out. You can get that uh, on Netflix and stuff right now. And that's, that's about a set. That's an old school satanic cult movie, which yeah. is fun. I didn't see that one. You, you saw that recently, right? I did. I watched it while I was in Vermont. Good. Yeah, I liked it. It's fun. It's interesting. It's well, you know, it's well made. It's not really a horror movie till the end. And then they really catch up. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> not enough bloodletting. Let's get on it. Um, so that's fun. And, you know, some others that we love. Uh, Shaitan, we love that one. I mean, there's some. But um, aside from one on this list where you don't know for sure what exactly they're worshiping could be the devil i don't know but aside from that uh none of these are devil worship they're all just different kinds of of uh zealots and yeah. and um some of them are fun some of them are really hard to watch but they're all great movies and uh last week we had a nice uh, fun discussion that we got some got some good feedback on as we always did. and we we love your feedback in any way uh you want to do it through the facebook page we're at mad wolf columbus uh, also on twitter uh we're at mad wolf that's m-a-d-d-w-o-l-f but uh Knack Mac was the first one to get back to us with the one that he was going to watch that he hadn't seen before. So last week we talked about the five, six, the six best horror movies we think you haven't seen. And he was about to watch The Woman, <laughs> which is uh, high up on our list. Yeah, and so uh, we're looking forward to hearing what he had to say about that one. And then uh, Claire Coughlin Lowe and Adam Lowe, the only one on our list they had not seen, they let us know on Facebook was... Calvair, which was number one. Yeah, that's the one that we thought most, most people. people, because I know we talk, obviously we talk to people that are fans of these types of films, so maybe when we say, you probably haven't seen this, we're not, maybe this this audience has seen more, uh, right. more of them than the average Joe Schmo on the street. Right, right, right. But that one is the one that I'm not surprised most people haven't seen, because and, most people haven't even heard of it. Right, no. It's also, it's its English language title is The Ordeal. Right. It's a magnificent yeah. movie, and it, it has... That, that can cause some confusion yeah. when you're searching for it. That is very true. And it has the weirdest dance sequence in, I'm, I'm confident saying, in cinematic history, so it's, check that yeah, out. Yeah, so, uh, so a lot of people said they hadn't seen that, so hopefully... You will, and we will have done our, our duty. That's right. You know what diligence. came up, though, what was interesting in the back and forth with Mac was he suggested we do a podcast on just the toughest to watch moments in horror movies. Yeah, best scenes. Yeah, the not necessarily best to scenes, watch. toughest to watch Yeah, scenes. most extreme. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a good idea. It is. And that also brings in, that for me, right away off the top of my head, that brings, in, uh, brings to mind some films that maybe wouldn't qualify as, as horror, horror movies because... One of the most extreme movies I've ever seen is called Enter the Void. Yeah. Uh, you know, Gaspar Noe, who yeah. can get, yeah, extreme. But I wouldn't really call it a horror movie. I'm not going to waste a lot, spend a lot of time on that. Uh, but if you like extreme, this one is extreme. It's called Enter the Void. I think that's it. You know, another idea I think that I like, though, kind of on that, along those lines, if you separate, would be just the spookiest moments, just the spookiest scenes. So not necessarily like, close your eyes, I can't yeah. believe I'm watching it, just the spookiest moments. So a couple, that's couple good. for us We actually did that. Uh, one of the sites that we write for, Screen Relish, screenrelish.com, check it out. 
we did a series with the other writers on that uh, on that site about our favorite scary scenes. We did that. Was that for Halloween it this was. past year? I think it was yeah, the and entire so month of October we did. Yeah. I went back way back in the archives for a great uh, old night gallery episode that scared <laughs> right. the crap out of That's me when right. I was a little kid. And and you, and I well, I did one from the Blair Witch and you did one from I forget what your scenes were. Yeah, I actually I think I did several. I think yeah. I did several different But there were some good ones yeah. uh, from all the writers yeah. on there and that was a lot of fun. It so was. that's that's an idea too. Uh, best spooky scenes but most extreme scenes, most hard to watch yeah. scenes. You know, audition maybe. Yeah, there's, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot. So there's a lot. thank you. That is a good. That's a good idea, and and we may we may be going down that road. So uh, you know something to look forward to. We have some other exciting stuff coming up. So we haven't set a date, but Corey Corey Metcalf, who's another podcaster, he does the uh, triple cast for Golden Spiral Media. He has succumbed to our request to do uh, to do a podcast with us on the best our Australian tactics. That's right, the best Australian horror, and we are super geeked about this one, Fritz the Night Owl. Uh, Fritz the Night Owl, he uh, five-time Emmy winner, and uh, he's in the Horror Host Hall of Fame along with people like Elvira and Joe Bob Briggs. He's going to do one. We haven't set the date yet, but he's going to do one with us. Coming yeah, we up are lucky soon. because he is has the same home base as we do, yes. Columbus, Ohio, yeah. and we uh, know some. Of, we have some mutual friends, and we've met him on occasion. Yep, yep. Uh, so he has uh, graciously agreed to uh, sit in with us on we an upcoming. So we are so excited very, about that very one. excited for that. But closer, closer to now, uh, the end of this month, John Tice is going to do one with us. If you don't know who he is, he's a, he's a, just great. He's a great writer. He's he does some really funny videos you can find on YouTube where he plays. Uh, Louise, Louise Mandrell, yeah. which are awesome. But we know him. We knew him originally because he used to write for the paper that we also wrote for, and he did a column every week called That's So Gay, which was really the highlight of the week. One of the funniest things consistently I would read. Just oh, yeah. hilarious. It is hilarious. So and that'll so be fun. the end of this month, he's going to join us, and we're going to talk about gay-themed horror films. Yeah. So that should be cool. And if you think it's going to be an all-vampire episode, it isn't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that. But uh, but there's more. So that's we're getting off the track. That's that we right. got a lot of fun stuff coming. So hang with us, and definitely hang with us today because we've got our top five. And wow, look at this! It's an actual top five, not I a know. not a top six, <laughs> top five, fuzzy math type of <laughs> type of a countdown. But uh, the, our favorite five uh, horror movies that based with zealots right. and 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 worshiping not devil worship no. because that that's really the easy way to go. We'll, we'll do that eventually. We'll yeah. do that eventually. <laughs> we'll get to that. But we looked at these and found some really interesting ones, and we're going to start uh, just a few years ago, 2011, with Kevin Smith's Red State. I hate the wickedness in America. Rampant fornication, adultery, flagrant sexuality. Everywhere. And it's up to the righteous to curb the spread of his disease. Gonna get grown up in here. Send the sinner straight to hell. Send the sinner straight to hell. God doesn't love you. That's fair. Yeah, this one, one of the first things I remember about this is when you were interviewing, you were interviewing Kevin Smith in the car. We were in the parking lot. We ended up stopping in the parking lot of Subway. Because is that when he called? You just didn't know when he was going to call. Yeah, he was He was, he, he was very late in yeah. the call. Um, I'm sure several of his other interviews probably ran long. And so when he finally did call me, yeah, we were we were <laughs> headed to lunch. So we stopped. Yeah, we inter- sat there and I got to listen to it on the speaker. And that guy can cuss. <laughs> I'll tell you what. But uh, no, it's a lot of fun uh, to talk to him. And, uh, and Red I'm- State was his first because this was... You know, before the the, Tusk, wal- the yeah. walrus one right. that just came out, this one, uh, and if you find some old trailers uh, on YouTube, he just sets it up. He's like, no, this isn't Clerks. This yeah, isn't, you know, this is a full-on horror movie, and it is. Yeah, and uh, actually, I, I got to say, this is 
for my money, the best film Kevin Smith has ever made. It's his best writing. It's certainly the strongest cast he's oh, ever yeah. put together. Good cast. You know, and it's and it's not, I mean, I would not call it strictly horror. It's horror horror for about two-thirds of the film, and then it kind of turns into an action movie, which is, which is fine, actually. It's very enjoyable from beginning to end. But I think it's the strongest, easily, in every area of film that he's ever made. When he went to Tusk, which I enjoyed, but it's very flawed, um, it's more like a Kevin Smith movie, Tusk is. Red State is not. You would not say to yourself, which I know when I talked to him about at the time, he said that was his goal. He he said, I can make Kevin Smith movies with my eyes closed. I want to see if I can make something else. And he has. Yes. <laughs> what was that Bruce Willis comedy with Tracy Morgan, oh, that cop show? Cop. Whatever. Something cop. Cop something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh. No. But, uh, yeah, this one, you talk about the great cast, and anytime you have Michael Parks, we've talked about Michael Parks before. If you don't know who Michael Parks is, you oh, need to get to know Esteban, him. So, Esteban. Exactly, Esteban from uh, Kill Bill Volume 2. But yeah. he also, I mean, he, he plays um, Earl McGraw, right? Texas Stranger Earl McGraw in like five or six different Tarantino movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's also in the American version of We Are What We Are. He's great in that. Yeah. He's also in Tusk, actually. Yeah. He's, he's in he's Tusk, guy, and he's yeah. great in that. The but, guy who wants to build a walrus. But I, I'm going to say that he plays the pastor in this one. I think it's Ab- Abel Cooper. And uh, I, it's the best uh, performance of his I've ever seen. It is, it is, it, it alone erases any flaw there is with this movie. He yeah. is magnificent <laughs> in this movie. And basically, what said he uh, and Melissa Leo, Oscar winner yeah, Melissa Leo, uh, yeah, what a cast! Know, I know. And they uh, they lure uh, homosexuals Some... and fornicators <laughs> to a cat, like you know, via the internet. So right. they use the internet to try to lure people that they, they consider to be sinners. Yeah. yeah, and then they sacrifice them. Yeah. Um, and then you know the feds, you know. Uh, which and that includes John Goodman, Kevin Pollack. Yeah. I mean, Stephen Root is in this movie. It's really the cast is spectacular, yeah. um, and I don't think anybody saw it. I really think I that either. this really flew under the radar. It didn't get the kind of buzz that Tusk got, even though it's a much better film than Tusk. So you know, check it out. I loved this. Yeah, it really has. The first of all, as, as we said a couple times here, the cast is the first thing that grabs you. Yeah, um, because it's not his usual. You know, there's no Ben Affleck and Matt Damon no. uh, in this, but these are solid. Uh, and solid performances, and uh, and yeah, and it keeps in line. It keeps in in keeping with this theme of of zealots because he's this extreme pastor yeah. who says that yeah. it's up to their their church, their flock, to exterminate these fornicators yeah. and you know yeah. and hellraisers and whatever. And uh, so yeah, I think you're you're very correct that that just flew under everybody's radar, yeah. even though he did. A decent amount of press for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did, and he, he toured with us. it. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and he toured the t- you know he toured the states with it. You know yeah. he took it from theater to theater himself. Yeah. Showed up, right. and and then uh, and then it was released. Um, you know, for home entertainment uh, after that. So, uh, but I think that most people just missed it somehow, which is yeah. too bad because it's really very good. Yeah, and like I said, it it's not like I'm not a Kevin Smith fan. I am yeah, to a certain too. degree. Um, but to, to me, this is without question the best movie he ever made. Well. A lot of times with him, it's so refreshing. He knows. He, he knows what he is. He knows what right. he does. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a very telling quote. I can make Kevin Smith movies with my eyes closed. Mm-hmm. You know, but here he was going for something different. And, and, and certainly in, in uh, Tusk, he was doing the same thing. So, so yeah, I definitely want to check out, if you haven't, uh, Red State from 2011. That's number five. But we're going to go way back, way back <laughs> uh, many years before that uh, with one that hopefully you didn't see the remake of this because <laughs> if you want to see... This movie, you want to see the original, and it's from 1973, The Wicker Man. I am here to investigate the disappearance of a young girl. I suspect murder. Sergeant, I've already In the name of God, woman, what kind of mother are you? That can stand by and see your own child slaughtered. 
Where is Rowan Morrison? If Rowan Morrison existed, we would know. You are the fool, Mr. Howard. Where is Rowan Morrison? Oh, my God! Yeah, Neil Labute, who uh, started off strong, the director, started off strong in his career and then really took a tumble, he remade this. And I was actually at the time kind of excited because I, I was a Neil Labute fan. Nicolas Cage, who hadn't completely turned into the current cartoon version of himself, <laughs> starred. And I thought, maybe, but no. 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 Um, no. So let's just keep with, with the original where uh, Edward Woodward, if you <laughs> remember, uh, he starred, he got his most fame, at least on this side of the pond, uh, from the Equalizer, right, that that's TV he was. series, he was, where he was the original Equalizer, which has now been made into a movie with Denzel Washington taking his part. That's, but it's an unusual change. It is, it is. <laughs> well, they kept the same character name and everything, which and that's a movie I actually enjoyed, uh, the Equalizer. Anyway, uh, he stars as this constable, very you know buttoned up, very religious, very do things by the book, and that's how we speak, and everybody you know does things the right way or they're immoral. And he's been called to this island to investigate uh, the missing the uh, a missing girl. Right. And he runs into Rowan Morrison. Rowan Morrison. Oh my yeah. god. And uh, he at every turn he runs into the inhabitants of this island who are just pagans. Yeah. You know they're animal masks everywhere, which are creepy. Oh, animal super- masks are always creepy. They are, aren't they? And I think they started here. I mean, it's it's become very popular, but I'm pretty sure it started here. Robin Hardy came up with that concept for this. Um, and you know, and he's he's isolated on this island once he's there, and it takes him a really long time to understand that he's the captive. You know what I mean? That he's by no means is he in charge here. Yeah. Um, and and uh, and then the the leader of Summer's Isle, the leader of the religion, just a glorious Christopher Lee. Oh, with the hair and the turtlenecks. Oh my god! And that's the other thing about this movie. You know how I love the seventies. This movie is so seventies. <laughs> it really it is. screams it. It's in, a, in such a great great way and. You know, this is one that I think people sometimes argue about whether it is a horror movie because it's not a slash. There's not a lot of blood. It it builds it slowly it does. until you realize. I mean, if you came into this movie knowing absolutely nothing, mm-hmm. then you would think it's just a straight missing person. He's looking for this girl. He's going to find. It's this almost girl. like just a subversive comedy, really, yeah, because yeah. because they're having fun at at the constable's expense. Yes, they are. You know, and uh, but it's and the thing I think that that it, that sets off kilter is. You feel like you should be siding with the constable, but you don't because he's so unlikable. Yeah. He's so unlikable. Um, he's so judgmental. He's so unpleasant that you. But then you're like, well, who am I siding with exactly? These heathens? Like, I don't. Well, and and in what we're talking about here, it, th- this movie is funny because really it has a contrast of two types of zealots. Yeah. He, he comes in with his beliefs, mm-hmm. very strong beliefs, oh, yeah. and he gets into the middle of a world that has totally different beliefs oh yeah and actually and in the scenes where it's just it's just he and and uh um uh, christopher lee talking to each other christopher lee delivers the most uh, heretical (laughs) just you know lines oh with that just dreamy baritone that he has it's he's so funny and at one point you know um uh, Edward Woodward was like, "Well, what about the one true Lord Jesus Christ?" Mm. And then, and then Christopher Lee says, "Well, he had his chance, and in the parlance of the day, he blew it." You're like, "Who did you yeah. just say that?" It was, it's yeah. just you know, it and, is. and it's, what it really, I think, it, because it came out in 1973, I think it was just an image of the two warring factions of like you know straights and hippies. That's yeah. kind of what it really was. It just took it to a new level. But it's it's so well written. It's so darkly funny. And then when it gets creepy, it means it. It does, yeah. And you slowly. Uh, again, if you came into this movie knowing nothing, you would slowly 
start getting the picture that he does that he's there for a reason. Right. Uh, and they are having fun with him and they're playing with him and, he, and they have very specific uh, goal as to what uh, his fate is going to be. And we're not going to spoil it in, in case you haven't seen it, but um, he slowly gets the picture. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, then it gets pretty creepy and pretty terrifying yeah, at the end. It does because uh, it takes so long to get there. So, uh, but yeah, please don't waste time with the uh, with the remake. Although, what's funny about the remake is is early on in the remake they have a picture in the in the police uh, headquarters before Nicolas Cage, who's basically playing the same character, before he heads off to the island to look for a missing girl. He's walking through the uh, police headquarters, and there's a picture of Edward Woodward's character. It says missing. Right. Uh, so all this stuff. So a little. <laughs> A little homage to that, but it's not even close no. to the same quality. Yeah. They change a few things. Ellen Burstyn is the is the head of the island well, instead of Christopher Neil Lee. Neil Butte has some... Uh, some uh, women's issues. Yes, he does. and that's really what this yeah. movie is about. It's about Neil Butte's women's issues. It, it's it not does. really about uh, the original sort of clash of, of you know temperaments or anything. Yeah. It's, Boy, he went after that. Remember the last one he did was that um, uh, Some Velvet Morning. Oh, yeah. Remember that? that that's an interesting uh, interesting oh, yeah. movie. Not a I've horror movie. Oh, yeah. That was him. That was just a two-person movie with uh, that uh, awful Stanley Tucci. <laughs> I can't even say Stanley Tucci without saying that awful Stanley Tucci because of Meryl Streep's acceptance, acceptance speech, speech that time. Or, no, yeah. Love Stanley Tucci. Oh, my God, it's always great. And then great. That Alice, Alice Eve. Eve. Just a two-person. It was like a play on screen. It has quite the twist ending. Quite the twist ending, which really uh, falls in line with his women's issues. Interesting. So if you're not a horror movie, but if you're up for that sort of thing, uh, check it out. Some Velvet Morning, it's called. Anyway, uh, yeah, from 1973, The Wicker Man, the original only, please. That is uh, <laughs> 19, uh, That is number four in our, um, in our top five list. And number three. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit last week. Love it, love it, love it. And I know so does our friend Bridget Oliver. This is Kill List. Yeah, Kill List from 2011, and that one is the one, was it last week or the week before, where every time I think of that movie, I just think of, thank you. <laughs> because it's how it's, that's when you, I think, the, that's early on in the movie, and then when you realize, oh, yeah. something's weird here. Yeah. So what you got, you got a couple of hitmen, and their most recent job didn't go very well, and so they've decided to take on this other project that they didn't really want, they just get a list of three names, and they have to just go kill these three people. And things just, and it's funny because it, it opens as, a, a, you know, it's a, it's like, it's like look like, like, yeah, it opens like a... British gritty crime drama. Yes. Uh, indie movie, good, you know, and then as you get into it, it gets weirder and weirder and it changes completely, changes tone, changes the look. It, yeah. It's it's really masterfully created. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, hidden agendas and you realize what is going on here, they're into something they did not realize no. at all. No. And it's not a gritty crime hitman drama at all it goes it goes somewhere totally different and the the main the main guy neil maskell is his name and actually the woman who plays his wife her name the actress is marianne bunting mariana bunting and they um they're great just very volcanic and they have this really great chemistry but the two of them actually right now are in the in another movie called hyena which is not a horror film but it's very very interesting compelling the same star and writer director made a horror film last year called tony like a, a weird serial killer movie and so this is this is a gritty crime drama but it's interesting to me how many horror actors are in it and actually you could yeah i, I have a re review up for that on screen relish right now if you want to hop over but I, I recommend that one as well um although i have to say i like this one better it's just one of those where you're like, it's a what the hell movie, you know? Like, wait, what the hell just happened? What's going on right now? And but that 
okay, that up to now, you probably wonder, if you haven't seen it, you're wondering, well, well what does that have to do with zealots? Yeah. We're and not going to tell no, you. No, we're not, except to, <laughs> except, except to say that that's where the twist comes in. Yeah. That's when they realize they're being used for a purpose that is, zealots are behind that purpose. Is yeah. that fair to say? I think so. Okay. Um, and then it ends with, it has quite an ending. It really does. Um, um, you know, and the thing is, especially once it takes a turn and you know that it's a horror film, like once it makes that turn, a lot of really interesting homages that he throws in there, uh, Ben Wheatley, who's the director, um, that I'm not, we're not going to mention because it gives too much away, but it, I just love them. It's just one more layer to the film that makes you love it. Yeah, yeah, and that's one that is another one where people that have seen it are very quick to um, encourage others to see it. Yeah. Uh, because if you if you have heard of it or maybe had the idea from a, a trailer maybe that it is just a gritty crime drama or yeah. no it's not no. It, it it turns into something different and keep having to stop ourselves we don't <laughs> want to give too much away because that's no fun that's one of our pet peeves by the way as film critics we hate when reviewers and critics give too much away yeah. uh, of uh, of a movie so we we're gonna take uh, every step not to do that so. It's definitely worth your time, though, uh, as, a, as a horror movie, as a zealot-based mm-hmm. type of horror movie. And that's why it's so high on our list. Number three, Kill List from 2011. Number two is one that we've talked about a lot and with good reason. And, boy, you talk about zealots. Uh, from 2008, it's Martyrs. Martyrs <laughs> the French language film, so we just play the music, really, and have the trailer, because nobody would understand, well, most of us wouldn't understand what they're saying. And we can, we've can. said it once, we'll say it again, the French can bring it. Oh, you ain't lying. As far as... That's the thing, I mean, this is a really, really brilliant film that is so hard to watch. Whew. So hard to watch. Well, we were talking about that maybe possible future podcast about scenes oh, yeah. that are hard to watch. There's yeah. some in here. Yeah, like nine. There's yeah. like nine <laughs> scenes in here that could be on that list. Because, you know, you, it starts off in an orphanage. Uh, it seems like a ghost story because one of the children in the orphanage has, she survived some, you know, invisible hand torture. You don't know why, you don't know what. And so you get the feeling that basically you're just going to be following this little girl and the damage that's been done to her. And she thinks she sees this ghost. No. And, and then she develops a best friend who's also in the orphanage, you know. And then the next thing you know, well, they're adults and they're on this quest to find the people who had tortured her. And you get the feeling that the friend is really just kind of humoring her. And you don't know. I mean, Anna is the friend. She clearly loves this the, the more damaged of the two. And, you know, is it like a romantic Lucy. love? Lucy. Is it a romantic love? Is it just a friendly love? What kind of a thing? And I think one of the reasons that this movie is so compelling is that it really minds that profound loneliness of like abandoned damaged children it it just it the whole movie just breaks your heart and so you're already in a vulnerable state when they start throwing the most horrifying imagery at you it's bad and and you realize it's being done to them for a very specific purpose which which gets gets it on this list of zealots oh yeah and then that woman with the hat or what is that one mademoiselle Oh, no, I know who you mean, yeah. <laughs> Not exactly a hat. Not you know, exactly. what, I, you know I what I mean. I do, yeah. I do. Yeah, and, um, oh, you just, uh, this is one where we can't say too much, no. especially about the ending, which I think, in a couple of podcasts ago, didn't I start to say something about this ending and you stopped me <laughs> yeah, and you I screamed so. at me? Yeah, because it's really important. It it's is really, very really important. important. It is very important. It's so provocative. It's so perfect. The ending is. is so perfect. It, it's one of those that some people may not like because... It's too open ended, but and also it probably didn't go the way you were hoping it might eventually go. Right, but it it really works. Oh, once, it's, if it's, you stop and approve, yeah, because some people like tidy, like tidy, and you're not going to get that. But it if you just stop and think about it, it really 
is the best way to end it. Oh, yeah. uh, and it's kind of provocative. Yeah, I could say you, you could say that, but uh, yeah, when you realize what the purpose, the mission was, I guess, yeah. in their it's, suffering. Yeah. Uh, hence so the good, title, yeah. Martyrs. You, you might be able so to good. infer something there. But uh, from 2008, and that one is one that shows up on a lot of our lists for good reason. You're right. Because it's extreme. It's yes. very extreme. It's brutal. But it's uh, it's also smartly done. Uh, the French, as we've said many times, uh, can uh, can really make it... You know, they not, stick it to you. They can, but but not only brutal, but as you said, smart. It's smartly yeah, written. it is. Um, but they don't they don't hide from the from the uncomfortable not at all they pull no punches they don't um, so yeah martyrs from 2008 is number two and uh, this is one at number one one that we've I think alluded to a few times in the podcast how much we like it but never really talked about it so this should be fun and this is from 2001 it's called frailty they were raised to obey their father go to Sonoma. to love him to trust him. Night, boys. Sleep tight. Don't let those bed bugs bite. Until. Wake up. I've got something to tell you. Hey, what's wrong? There are demons among us. I can see the demons while other people can. I'm scared, Dad. God will be sending a list of the first seven demons. These are people's names. And they'll look like people. They're not. You're crazy! Only demons should fear me. You're not a demon, are you? Bill Paxton, we're toast. Bill Paxton not only stars <laughs> in this. That's right, game over. Not only stars in this, but directed it. Yeah. So before First this feature, he directed. That's right. He had directed the uh, Fish Heads video. You remember that one? <laughs> Roly poly fish heads. Eat Isn't them that crazy up. Crazy that he directed that. It is crazy. Oh my god. And he's, he's done some stuff since then. Uh, sports movies, some shorts, the TV. But uh, yeah. this is easily the best thing that he's ever oh. done. And it's it's I think quite a directorial feat because. Um, it subverts expectations, and it just develops this great tone. And he um, stars as well. Yes, he does. Yeah, and he's very good. Yes, he um, as and he's he's the zealot that mm-hmm. we're talking about here because uh, it starts out in the relationship. He's a a dad, mm-hmm. and uh, he has a nice regular kind relationship. of a farm dad. Yeah, you know, dad. a widowed. You gather has a relationship with his kids, two boys, and then uh, and then suddenly he explains to them how he's been touched by God, mm-hmm. and he's been. Kind of given his own kill list yeah. of people that are demons and that he has to kill, and then as you heard in the trailer, you know the oldest boy says, "Well, these are these are just people." Yeah, and so then you realize he is telling his sons that they have to do the Lord's work and just straight out kill these people. Right, and um, one of the things that is great about it is y- you have sort of preconceived notions, and you think that you're watching the, a movie, and it's not the one you're watching. Um, and, yeah, uh, true. and so simultaneously, so this is all happening in the seventies. We know because there's a lot of Dukes of Hazard references, which is awesome. <laughs> um, but it's being told to a cop who is looking for the God's hand killer by one of the sons as an adult played by Matthew McConaughey, who's got that great Southern drawl, a very low, slow delivery. And it just sets a spooky tone from beginning to end. And the cop is Powers Booth. Who sucks in this. I'm going to be honest with really? you. I mean, not that he's great usually, but he's, he's pretty wooden in this one. He's a, you know, very well-known, you know, years veteran character actor. Helter Skelter, uh, right? Helter Skelter. Um, no, you're thinking of, he played Jim Jones in the movie about Guyana, the Guyana okay. tragedy. Okay, gotcha. But, but he's a lot of, lot of uh, credits down through the years. But, um, 
Yeah, he's the cop, and Matthew McConaughey, as you say in that classic draw, you just expect him to say, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> but um, He's just slowly yes. sort of unveiling the full, long story of his childhood. Which, you know, I just thought of, in, in, in a way, it kind of makes you think of uh, True Detective. Oh, I can see that. In the way that mm-hmm. it, it brings, it, it goes back, you know, back mm-hmm. in time and shows you what happened then and then catches up with him now. So, yeah. uh, I just kind of make that make that connection since McConaughey's in it. But as you said, you're you're not watching the movie that you think you are. No, no. And and I think that that's um, uh, one of the things that, that I like the best about this is that y- you think you know where it's going and you really don't. And also that Bill Paxton's performance is... The whole movie is is just not it's not cynical, it's not ironic, it's not judgmental. Mean, no. It's it's just it's very earnest mm-hmm. and his performance is very earnest and it's you know um it's you know the he he saw a light from God and an angel spoke to him or as the son says, you know, maybe uh, uh, the light it's from in your the, head. the light from the hallway shone off the stat the trophy with an angel on the bookcase in his you know yep. it's it's yep. it it throws both ideas at you all the time you're never entirely sure which way is going but then these two little boys the main boy who is so great he can make me did this ditch but he can't make me believe in god it was it's like just the perfect sort of i'm yeah. struggling i'm an adolescent boy i'm struggling against my dad's you know uh power and control and then there's a younger brother who's just still Big eyed and wants to do what the dad wants him to do, sure. and yeah, it's, it's just it's a very layered, it is moving film, very confidently directed, yes. which makes you wonder why maybe he hasn't you know gone more right uh, toward toward directing because you hear so many veteran actors say they want to direct right. and then they get a chance and really show some skill with it as this does. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's layered, it's paced well, it is you know until it finally gets you that. When things are tied up at mm-hmm. the end, you're like, "Oh, you got me!" Right? Because it is me. tidy. It's it tidy, yeah. and it and it works well. But it'll it'll catch you. It'll probably catch you by surprise. You, you know, uh, you won't. I don't think we'll see where it's going. Right. Really, until it gets there. But uh, definitely worth checking out. It seems to me that it flew on another one that kind of flew under the radar. I a little think bit. so too. I don't think it made any money at all when it came out, but I think it's developed a, a healthy following in, in the last twenty years. It's not one that I recall really seeing years. pop up on. You know, when you're flipping channels, I don't really ever see it popping no, up anywhere. No, you know. So, uh, so that's a shame too. So that is number one on our list of the zealots, and uh, boy, yeah, he he definitely turns into one, the Bill Paxton character. Uh, frailty from 2001 so check them out and as always we want to hear what we missed we want to hear what you think of these if you saw them if you're going to see them uh, or or ones that uh, we should see that we didn't uh, from zealots and not as we said not devil worshiping we'll get to that we will uh, the- <laughs> <laughs> rest oh, assured oh we will <laughs> so uh, so let us know for sure uh, on twitter we're at mad wolf that's m-a-d-d W-O-L-F, and check us out on the Golden Spiral Media website as well. Yeah, when you go to the, when you uh, listen to the podcast, if you scroll down, you can leave us a, you can leave us a comment there. We'll get that. You can, uh, you can also leave a voice message for us. We'll get that. So just, you know, keep in touch. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you like these. Let us know if we missed anything. You know, and let us know if you have a suggestion for uh, hardest scene to watch because we'll be Ooh, collecting yeah. that coming up. That's one we'll, we're probably going to want your feedback before we actually do the, the, the podcast. Right. A lot of times we'll do the podcast and then say, what do you think? But I think we're going to start uh, soliciting for right. your most extreme hard-to-watch scene so we right. can really get a good handle on that. So please, that's a good that's a good idea. Let us know uh, if you want to shoot us a, a message for that and we'll start putting that together. So a lot of fun stuff coming down the line. Special guests and, and good shows and getting your, uh, getting your feedback and getting your suggestions. We love that, so keep it coming. Uh, and until next week... I'm Hope Madden. And I am George Wolf, and this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay frightful, my friends.